0: Hello and welcome to this series of podcasts designed and prepared by the AEC SMS Working Group on Entrepreneurship. Our group is looking at how higher music education institutions can integrate an entrepreneurial mindset among students and teaching staff. We hope you enjoy the series of podcasts we have prepared for you.
1: A very warm welcome to the podcast. I am Olaf Bruns and I will guide you through this episode, which is on Institutional Change. And for you not to be scared and switch off immediately when you hear Institutional Change, I promise you that this will be about choices on what and how to teach in music education that really matter for musicians. It's also about how to make the teaching really connected to today's realities. And by pure coincidence, it's an all-cellist edition with two guests who both play the cello. But both are here, at least partly, in different functions. It will be Roxana Albayati, who finished her master's thesis recently and who joins from London. And Martin Pruchal, who is the vice-principal of the Conservatoire in The Hague in the Netherlands. But first, Roxana, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hi Olaf, thanks for having me.
1: Roxana, I introduced you as a cellist, but beyond that, what makes you as an artist?
0: Quite a few things I'd say. I'm also an experimental uh, musician, experimental performer. I'm a teacher as well. And me as an artist, I wouldn't be complete without all of these things combining together.
1: Now, when and how did you fall in love with music or with playing music?
0: It was quite a long journey. I was a child who played the cello, and it really was just a regular hobby for me. I did have a special soft spot for the cello as opposed to the other hobbies. But during my teenage years, I picked up the piano as well, and um, I started to sing. And I think that was when I really discovered a passion for music. Although I am still predominantly a cellist, it was through spurring out into different areas, such as piano and composing a bit and um, experimenting really by myself that showed me what music can be beyond the cello but also with the cello.
1: Well, that's perhaps a good moment to listen to a piece of your music. Here we go. Is the story behind this extract, Roxana?
0: What you just heard is a little extract from a performance I did a couple of months ago, and it's sort of the the end of a long research project I did this year, which was a part of my masters. Um, it was a research project into a cross cultural exploration of improvisation. Um, me learning Iranian music. As well as comparing my experiences of learning Iranian music with my teaching practice as a cello teacher, as well as let's say developing and reflecting on my creative practice as an improviser.
1: Roxana, what is your link to Iranian music?
0: I'm half Iranian, half Iraqi, um, but I'm born and ra- I was born and raised in the UK, so first generation child, which ha- was always difficult for me and honestly, my whole life, it was actually quite a a big problem inside me. And there have always been different ways I've tried to understand more about that side of me, um, never fully realizing. But this moment in time gave me the option to take my musical identity, which is very strong, me as a cellist, Roxana as the cellist, and put that into Iranian music through experiencing Iranian music as a student.
1: Now, moving to matters of today's world, this strange year of 2020 threw us all off tracks with the new coronavirus. What has the pandemic changed for you in your daily practice as an artist?
0: For me, quite luckily, um, it's changed a lot of things in a positive way. I found because we had so much extra time during the pandemic um, for personal growth, as well as, let's say, professional growth to some extent. um, I found the time to reflect on what I was doing, think about a more holistic way of approaching my practice. And I've really found... I think, a sense of flow in the way I work, Um, combining all these things I do, the improvising, the teaching, the writing, the me as a teacher, me as a student, all these things, creatives nowadays, we have so many different identities. It's hard to um, relate them to each other. Some people do it very well. But before the pandemic, I was a bit lost. I have had all these commitments and I saw the lack of connection and interconnectivity between them all. But during the pandemic, I really found time to find a way to work, which allowed me to bring them all together.
1: Do you think these changes will stick with you?
0: Oh, definitely. I think I've found a way of working, which makes me quite happy. Music always made me happy, but now this way of working makes me happy.
1: But you were also involved in the organisation of a festival, weren't you?
0: Ah, yes. um, During the... In early summer, well, it was June, July, there was an online festival at Trinity Laban, which um, is run every year in person. Uh, Douglas Finch, who is in the piano department, um, he runs every year. It's a contemporary piano festival, but he tries very hard to make it sort of cross-departmental and uh, including different people. So this year, alongside him, as well as a couple of other students, I was going to co-curate it with him. Um, We had a plan for it to be a real-life festival. But as soon as lockdown happened, we decided, okay, it's going online. And uh, everyone was recording the the pieces and music from isolation. And uh, we put the whole thing up online. And I believe it's still on YouTube, actually. It's all all still on Trinity Laban's YouTube channel, um, if anyone wants to check it out.
1: Did you feel your musical training and education had prepared you for this?
0: Big question. <laughs> I, think, um, I think no amount of training can maybe prepare someone for this sort of such an emotional situation we've all been through. But with regards to actual skills, I think to some extent it did, but purely because of modules which I've taken out of choice. Um, for example, sound editing, video editing, um, being quite good with to, to some extent with technology. Um, I'm quite on top of that and I'm comfortable using it, but that that's all just by chance. It's all through modules I took, which were not compulsory.
1: Still to, to bring that straight to the point in a nutshell, and in this very particular regard, what was good about your education and what could have been better?
0: I think what was good was potentially Just, yeah, very well-trained skills in in certain aspects of my practice. But what could have been better is potentially the mindset we need for um, adapting to situations like this. I think myself and a lot of people went into a state of panic. Um, Our everyday life is so well planned out. You know, things are planned for months, 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 and suddenly it all collapsed. We were all waiting for our big concerts, final recitals, uh, lessons, you know, projects to go ahead and suddenly they all come crashing down. And it's an adaptability which we need um, in our heads to be able to deal with this kind of situation. And that isn't always cultivated in an institution. It's great that we get security in an institution and highly structured way of working. But I think when things like this happen, we need to remember that, you know, you never know what's happening tomorrow.
1: Now, Roxana, with your master's finished just now, you will be out of education for the moment, at least. But if you would re-enter with a task to write a new curriculum, what would be the elements you would like to introduce?
0: I think uh, a really important thing in curriculums now would be uh, cross-departmental and cross, um, cross-cultural. Um, interdisciplinary, all aspects which take these into consideration. Um, I think students, the main thing as institution needs to develop in a student is a sense of identity and a sense of belonging. And this isn't always achieved with all students if they sit in one department. You know, if they just sit in their composition department and just write music or they sit in the string department and just play in orchestras. Um, we need to have this crossover, this overlap of different departments and different disciplines like institutions with music and dance or acting and 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 all these things.
1: Certainly ideas that I will debate with our next guests afterwards. That was Roxana Albayati joining from London. Roxana, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you.
0: Thanks Olaf, it was great talking to you as well.
1: And now we have our next guest who actually is in charge of innovating curricula and who will tell us a bit about how his school embraces new ideas. Martin Prichal, the vice principal of the conservatory in The Hague in the Netherlands. Martin, a very warm welcome.
2: Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here with you.
1: Martin, just for our listeners to get an idea of who you are and what you do, could you describe your job in a few lines and also what makes you passionate about it? Really, what what drives you?
2: Well, my job is um, I'm vice principal at Royal Conservatoire and I have a number of responsibilities. Uh, I'm responsible for the curriculum. Curriculum development, all these uh, issues that are related to education, basically. Research also is part of it. Uh, quality assurance and uh, international uh, affairs, international collaboration. And why I like this job is because I am dealing with a lot of wonderfully talented young people who are very engaged with what they study. They're passionate about what they do. And it's a it's a wonderful um, uh, environment to work with. Uh, and, of course, let's not forget that we're also dealing with one of the most wonderful Forms of 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 art, which is music, and I passionately love music.
1: Well, speaking about music, as I said in the very beginning, like Roxana, you're a cellist too. Now, how does a cellist become the vice principal of conservatoire?
2: Well, it's a little bit of a coincidence, actually. When during my studies, I, I started to work in the area of international uh, collaboration, as a, as a student assistant, actually, as a kind of a side job, and uh, as uh, suddenly I came into a world that was so interesting, and uh, I was one of the people who set up the first exchanges in the Erasmus system in the field of music. Uh, in the early 90s, and then some things evolved from that, and then I came more and more involved um, into that uh, line of business. Uh, and at some point, it was going so well that I decided to make a shift in my profession, and I moved from being a performing musician to um, work in, in in the conservatoire business.
1: Martin, so the conservatoire on the Hague really does try to innovate the curricula, right? But what is going on precisely? What what are the innovations you are bringing in?
2: Well, what we try to do is to really think first of all how the different parts of the curriculum really integrate with each other. And then also think on how we can make the curriculum as relevant and as appropriate for the students as possible, because we have a huge challenge. Uh, as you know, there's some very big developments in the, in the profession going on. The profession changes very rapidly. If, if I may refer to the, to the um, interview that we just had heard with Roxana, it was wonderful to hear what she said, because she was actually talking about the artistic identity of, of, uh, of, of musicians, and this is exactly what we've been thinking about about quite a bit. So if you if you think of the different levels of education, uh, for example, that we that we uh, see in the bachelor, that we would like to prepare the students as much as as possible for the profession by giving them quite a bit of information about different strands of the profession, whereas in the masters we would really would like to see um, professional integration so that they really stand with one foot or maybe already with both feet in the profession uh, somehow and this is where we really urge students to think about their artistic identity in a way that really makes sense for them and brings together all these different elements in the curriculum
1: for a student who comes into the conservatoire of the hague what is different now compared to well 5 years ago for example or compared to other conservatoires
2: you know in a way conservatoires are very good at I- identifying a problem they 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 see okay we need to do something about entrepreneurship or something about teaching or something about whatever they Include another course, but the rest of the program doesn't really change. And what we are now thinking of in the in the master program is how to bring all these different elements together. And we do it by uh, asking students to to create their own master project, which consists of different elements. It has artistic development in it. It has research in it. It has prefer- professional integration in it. And all these things have to come together for their own project, which really forces or invites them to think about their artistic identity. And this artistic identity is crucial if they want to think ahead and decide on what they would like to do in a future profession. So the program is constructed, constructed differently. There's a, a team of teachers around the student that is helping them in terms of coaching and supervision, but it all is very much geared around the student in terms of making them see that it's their own project and is something that they would have to uh, think of themselves. Um, and the teachers and the supervisors are there to help them to go through the process.
1: Now, how do students react to this?
2: The last year when we started this, the first the students they were a bit surprised because sometimes the students they think if they go in, if they come into a master program that they're going to have two more years of violin lessons or you know jazz guitar or whatever they, they, they have chosen. Uh, but now we really uh, and we also advertise this on our website. We really uh, make them understand that it's a bit of a different experience they're going to have with us. And you know, there's some students who say, "Okay, this is not what I came for. I just wanted to play the trombone." bone. Um, And, you know, I'm really bothered by this. And sometimes we have to say to students, okay, then you have to go somewhere else. But actually, what we're seeing now with our first students, uh, first year students, for example, this year, is that they're really catching on to this idea and that they're taking the ownership and responsibility for the development of their own ideas and their own projects.
1: Roxana also spoke about models in her training she took, but which in her cursors were not compulsory and which now allow her to ho- to a host of ex- artistic expressions so if i understand you right all this out of the box approaches become integral part of the training in your school isn't it
2: well because we want to connect as much as possible to the own motivations and uh, and 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 um well dreams of the students so if they have a project which involves you know what uh, roxana was uh, mentioning for example cross-departmental or cross-cultural uh, work then this is something that we need to facilitate inside our, the, the the master project so uh, you know, we're really kind of reshaping our thinking from telling students what to do and this is at master level of course right we're telling the students what to do in order to become in some kind of profession to a situation where they are actually shaping their own profession by going through the process of building it up uh, uh, during the master's master's studies.
1: It just started a year ago, didn't it? So it's too early to to have already feedback of students who went through it and who started their professional career?
2: No, we've started experimenting already some two or three years ago. Uh, I may, for example, give an example of a, of a very good uh, vocal student who um, did a lot of repertoire um, uh, combining art songs and folk songs. This was also the subject for her research. And she developed a concert series that she then uh, later on staged in, in, in the profession. And it gave her an opening, uh, you know, with a special program that attracted audiences and also concert promoters. So with by going through this process during the master's studies, she already prepared... Uh, a couple of things that she was able to do following her studies.
1: I would like to ask one question on this particular situation we are in with the pandemic. And I think the the fast changing reality you described has been turbo accelerated these last month. Do you see a different mindset in your students currently?
2: Well, one of the things that we are noticing in our students because of the the, the pandemic is uh, indeed that the sense of own responsibility and self-assessment also because they have to constantly also record themselves. They are starting to listen to themselves in a different way. So the I would say the development of own responsibility of their own development and their own ed- education has hugely increased and we're trying to support that. So we, uh, we also want them to uh, write uh, their kind of observations in self-assessment forms. I'm slightly worried about what's going to happen in the future with well with the profession because there has been so much uh, the, the 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 profession has been so strongly affected by the lockdowns and by the pandemic that you know we're not gonna we, we don't know what's 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 gonna what's how this how this will develop and we can't just expect that everything will be possible to deliver online because you know we're the performing arts and but the 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 live performance is a very important aspect of 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 our profession
1: martin is there something you think interesting and important that has not been covered
2: I'm sensing a huge opportunity for uh, much more institutional cooperation. If we, for example, if we think what what we have learned now uh, through the online uh, teaching and all the connections we've been able to make digitally, then I could imagine that we are going into a direction of a world where institutions could work much more closely together and share their educational offer. So why would we all need to have a music history course while there is one um, you know, institution that is exceptionally good in one particular subject. So why we, could we not connect into some of those courses that are often uh, already uh, offered uh, digitally? So it, there would be really a kind of an exchange of expertise and of, of, um, of education from that, from that point of view.
1: Which offers, of course, huge possibilities to the students attending a sort of semi-virtual European conservatoire.
2: That's right, that would be my big dream.
1: Martin, thank you very much. It was really a pleasure talking to you. And that was Martin Prachal, the Vice-Principal of the Conservatoire in The Hague. And I close this edition of the podcast and look forward to the next episode.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information on the AEC SMS project, we welcome you to visit our website. SMS.aec music.eu. Entrepreneurial Mindset for Musicians.